When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast. Um, this is the transfer show. I am Manuel Feit. This is Stefan Bienkowski. Stefan, how's it going? Yeah, very well. Welcome return to domestic football and all its mm. uh, trivial transfer rumors and stories, which we just love digging into because it's just the international football hasn't been so great this week. No, something happened, something yada yada, World Cup exit, group stage, blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that discussed that in full length yesterday for subscribers only. If you want to hear me rant for 45 minutes about the German national team, that's the place to do it or listen to. Um, I guess the only thing that we maybe on top of the show, still no update on Hansi Flick, Stefan. Um, mm. He said, I think, today that he's not going to step down. Mm. But um, I guess there's still no update. And when the update comes and we have more information on it, we'll, we'll definitely provide it for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, no update yet on that. Uh, any, you know, before we jump into the, the actual topics today, any final thoughts you had on that? Um, maybe give listeners another reason to subscribe to our <laughs> post-reaction show. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just, you know, I, I thought it was very good. It was a very nice cathartic experience to just kind of have that ran. I thought for both of us who obviously have both wrote big post-mortem articles for separate publications today, uh, well, we wrote them last night rather before today, uh, it was very useful and just kind of get a lot of thoughts and theories out. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, it's just, I think it was a very good comprehensive look at what's gone wrong in terms of the very immediate, but also what's going wrong in the kind of bigger, wider t- context of German football. And yeah, there's a, there was a lot of talk about Hansi Flick potentially moving on, but I don't think that's going to happen now. I think that, you know, the DFB president gave a really interesting, yeah. well, not an interesting press conference, but it was an interesting uh, scenario where it was basically, they gave a last minute press conference in the uh, <laughs> in front of the Lufthansa check-in desk at Doha Airport uh, with the media. So, you know, and it was basically just to say, look, we're going to have crisis meetings when we get home to Germany. And I think that will just be a case of, you know, ticking, ticking a few boxes like the DFB always do. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I don't think there's... I, think I, don't, there's I, I don't think we should that, expect Hansi Flick to move on. 
No, and I think, you know what, that's a good topic for the Monday show. Um, so mm -hmm. people should just tune in back on Monday. And when we have, I guess, more information, have the weekend to sit on it too. Sometimes that's really, really good to, um, as well, just kind of sort your thoughts a little bit. The DFB will have to do some soul searching. I think a lot of that will happen over the weekend. So that sorts our Monday show. Um, so tune back in on Monday when, when we have some more thoughts on everything that's happened. Um, but we have lots to discuss on, on this show in terms of transfers and transfer news. And so we should jump in um, right after this break. This episode of the Gegenpressing podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And is your continued source for all sports wagering information. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's it, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. So yeah, um, Stefan, the, the, the World Cup is so great. It's, it's an awesome, awesome tournament. And it's also the tournament where people make up silly transfer rumors. And I want to start with um, this one that I found on our Transfermarkt rumor mill. Uh, it's Gu Song Cho to Borussia Dortmund. He's a center forward. Borussia Dortmund are looking for a center forward. So that part is true. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not picking on this particular poor kid here. The, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because every World Cup, all right, we have the silly transfer rumors. Some guy scores a big World Cup goal and all of a sudden he has been targeted by the biggest clubs in the world. It's getting a big transfer. I think this is something back to the 90s when teams literally used the World Cup for scouting. But I think we're now at a point, and please, you know, stop it. Stop using the World Cup for scouting. <laughs> it's the sample size is tiny. Like, just look at Germany's World Cup exit as a really good example of this. The XG, if the World Cup had been a 12-game group stage tournament, they would have probably gone through because sooner or later your XG evens out your production, right? But in a three-game mm. sample size, it's chance. So you're not scouting players based on chance. Teams do not use the World Cup to scout players. They might go and check the player out one more time and have discussions with the player, but they will not use the World Cup to scout a player and sign a player based on World Cup. Not anymore. They used to do this in the 90s, and then there's been plenty of disasters because of it, but that's no longer the case. So, Stefan, we kind of both looked at this and said, oh, no, at least I hope clubs no longer use the World Cup for scouting. What do you think here? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think it was maybe even uh, far more recent than in the nineties, because the the big example, the big example for me was maybe James Rodriguez, who basically got moved to Real Madrid. I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, off the back of a really big World Cup. So for Colombia, so it's happened before, far more recently, and you know the World Cup's obviously a huge stage, so it puts a lot of players into the spotlight, but. 
there's some silly rumours. I mean, we're going to run through a few to do with German teams, but the one that makes me laugh every day when I come online for work and I start looking through the papers is how Felix being linked to Man United or Chelsea or Bayern Munich. And it basically defined, mm. it's, it's basically defined based on how he did for, you know, Portugal the night before or, or the, a few days before. So as if, you know, <laughs> as if Bayern Munich or Man United have all the scouting data for the last three or four seasons at Atletico Madrid, but they're going to let two or three games for Portugal be the final decider as to whether they spend, you know, a hundred million euros on this kid or something. So it's, it's, it's daft. And, you know, we were talking about, and you kind of texted me about this kid, this, the South Korean guy, uh, who I really, you know, I'm quite happy to admit my ignorance here. I've never heard of him. Uh, you know, well, luckily we've got the fantastic World Cup. website. World, the World Cup. He has, and luckily we've got some fantastic <laughs> websites like Transfermarkt, where you can kind of look up the data of some player who plays in the other side of the world. But it's just kind of like we just kind of have to poke fun at it, I suppose, don't we? And just be like, well, it's. Um... I mean, can can you imagine Dortmund, who have not only had to deal with a really unfortunate situation with Sebastian Haller, and they're really hoping mm. that he'll get back on his feet second half of the season. Uh, not only that, but they've also had to contend with the fact that they've already made one impulse signing in Anthony Modest, uh, who you spoke to his head coach recently, I was on Transfermarkt this week, about how mm. that deal was just so bizarrely kind of last minute and hasn't worked out for any party. Uh, put, even putting mm-hmm. those two aside, you've also got the third situation. We've got Yosef Makoko, who's having a great season. Very frustratingly, didn't get to play for Germany at the World Cup. Imagine having all three of those things for Eden Terzic to contend with after the end of the season and then Dortmund just went and signed this random kid from the K-League and uh, just kind of dropped him in his lap, you know? So it's it's a very odd one. It's an odd one. Yeah, no. Um, can we then go straight to the next silly one? And I mean, I, I just, I had Twitter flooded with this and I'm just like, stop it. Again, like I just my reaction was stop it. This is this is just so <laughs> so silly. Niklas Füllkrug to Bayern Munich, thankfully has been mm-hmm. debunked not just by me but by others. It's like, but the guy scores a, granted a really big World Cup goal against Spain, and then all of a sudden there is the ten million euro move from Werder Bremen to Bayern Munich. It's like no, stop it. He's not. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening because Bayern Munich are going to resign Chupu Muting and then they're going to bring in another center forward. Uh, whether that's Harry Kane or Marcus Turam or one of those guys. But as good as Niklas Völkuk has been, Bayern Munich mm. are not signing a guy based on one World Cup performance. Those days are over. No, they'll be signing him based on how he does domestically. And Völkuk's been a very good player for Werder Bremen over the course of his career, but... At no point has he ever suggested that he's going to be good enough to play for Bayern Munich. So, yeah, I completely agree. It's just, it's another one of these kind of silly things that just happens. Uh, you know, it's almost like, you know, they just kind of pluck these players from thin air. I I honestly think a lot of these websites just go on Google Trends and they see which player's trending, which club has the biggest fan base, and they put one plus one equals three, and they just stick it out there into the ether, you know? Yeah. So... It's the way it's always been and there's always going to be people that write these stories and there's always going to be people like us who just kind of debunk them and say, no, you know, Bayern aren't going to, uh, (laughs) they're not going to shake up multiple, well, you know, a couple of seasons worth of transfer planning and squad building and some carefully orchestrated transfer deals in the summer to compensate for Robert, Robert Lewandowski leaving 
by just mm. signing a Werder Bremen striker in January, you know. So even if they yeah. were interested, it's actually quite unlikely that Barney would go out and buy a big player like that in January anyway, you know. So yeah, I think it's safe to say this one's not happening. Yeah, and I mean it's it's really interesting, right? Because like there's so much talk about um the Conrad Lima deal at the moment and how that's coming uh, going across the line. I wrote in in the Substack about that. And the point I'm trying to make is that this is a deal that's been prepared for for a long time, right? Hmm. Um the big clubs that are now working on the transfer market there they no longer just say, oh, look, this guy did well at the World Cup. Let's sign him. Like, that's just not how they're going to do going about in the business. If you if if you are a club that's doing it like that, then you should probably think through your transfer strategy because that's not how intelligent clubs uh, work in the transfer market. Um, so, like, deals are prepared f- with, with a long way down the road kind of understanding. I mean... Bayern Munich are currently working on signing Harry Kane, right? They've been working on that mm. deal for a long time, and it may not happen because it's a tricky deal to get done. And if the deal doesn't get done, there will be other targets that they have already in mind to sign instead. Um, mm. And, you know, those targets could be a Marcus Turam. Um, they could be maybe they're not going for a striker at all. Um, that's, that's how this usually goes down. And... I don't think Niklas Füllkrug is going to be wearing a Bayern Munich shirt anytime soon. I think too, like, and this is not me saying Niklas Füllkrug isn't good enough to wear a Bayern Munich shirt. I think it's just not a a fit for the club. And also, it's just it would be on the basis of a really of a really small sample size. Um, mm. Again, you know, the World Cup is such a form based tournament. So it made sense to take him to the World Cup. And he's been one of the players that have actually delivered at the World Cup. So kudos to him, right? But like um, the World Cup is so weird because you're taking players that are hopefully in form and you hope that that form translates. It doesn't mean that these players are always world class. Um, And that is, I think, you know, where this, um, where we can happily debunk the story and say Bayern Munich will be looking at other players. Um, do we have any other silly transfer rumors from the World Cup? There was another one that... Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about David Raum next? Before we <laughs> before we go into some of the other stuff? David Raum. Yeah, interesting it's interesting. One. So, you know, I think it was the Spanish media picked up on this after this... I think it was maybe after the Spain game, coincidentally, the... Um, David Raum's maybe a contender mm. to replace Mendes a long-term replacement at Real Madrid um, and <coughs> excuse me it's it's quite interesting in the sense that you know I can understand uh, some clubs sitting up and taking notice of Realm just because uh, not because he's just had good games for Germany I thought he was quite good for Germany in the World Cup I've said that on the podcast um, he had a mm. few flutters of stupidity uh, against Costa Rica but for the most part I think he kind of did his job he was a good uh, wing back, got crosses into the box. It was defensively sound, I thought. Um, and as I've been saying for much of this season, uh, at least the least couple, last couple of months, having watched Leipzig in person a few times, um, I actually think he's getting better and better at Leipzig to the point where he's beginning to look like yeah. the kind of David Rom who was at Hoffenheim. So, you know, I can kind of understand if a club had an interest in keeping tabs on David Rom, and, you know, 
heard that he maybe was taking some time to settle in at Leipzig, but have now watched him at the World Cup for Germany and said, well, kind of looks like he's back on track now. So, you know, let's take some, let's take some further interest in this. But... It's just a it's just a very odd rumor to be perfectly honest with you. Not even putting all aside Germany's form and you know whether Raum is 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 back to his best at Leipzig or not. It's a, he's a player who'd literally just made the move to Leipzig. So it'd be very weird if like mm. six months after he moved there, Real Madrid decided they wanted to step in and try to sign him. Um, especially at, for a club like Leipzig, who very rarely let players go without you know really demanding a top fee for it. So. Is it possible that Real Madrid could look to sign him in the future? Do I think he'd be a useful player for Real Madrid? Yeah, I think possibly he could be. I think he's a good player, yeah. you know. Um, certainly one of the best left-backs in the Bundesliga on his day, so it'd make perfect sense for Real Madrid to be mm. interested in him. But um, I don't know. This this rumour just seems a little too a little too cute for me, considering you know Germany have played Spain and it's 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 just a little odd. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm buying it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, me neither. I don't think Leipzig are gonna sell uh, David Raum anytime soon. Um, I, I, you know, this is one of those where, yeah, I would put this into the he did well at the World Cup category. Um, it's kind of similar to what we saw with Robin Gosens doing the Euros, where, mm. where you know we had just one great performance against against uh, Portugal. Um, I think he played quite well against uh, Hungary too, but um, you know, all of a sudden here's here's Robin Gosens, the European Euro star, and um, obviously he had a great sample size against uh, playing for Atalanta, right? Um, but Inter Milan eventually did sign him. There was a bunch of Bundesliga teams linked to him as well, um, and ultimately. It's it's one of those where you say okay well he's a system player and doesn't doesn't necessarily translate to the, the club that is linked to him right and um, you know mm-hmm. it, it just kind of reminds me a little bit of it um, again I, I think if Real Madrid signed David Raum they're not gonna do it based on this on this World Cup and I don't think that's a transfer that's happening anytime soon anyways I think you know he's what when was the, the transfer happened in August um so they mm-hmm. after 15 matches he's all of a sudden now going to real madrid i just i just don't think so so mm. yeah i put this in the category world cup rumor that's that's a great category we should just go on with that for the rest of the tournament now that we don't have anything else to talk about we should just have a world cup rumor <laughs> category <laughs> hey if uh if real madrid want to sign a left back there's this great kid at hoffenheim called angelino who i'm sure would love to play for real madrid and they could probably pick up for half the price so you know yeah there's He's a little Spanish. friendly suggestion for them yeah. i'm sure carlo ancelotti's all over yeah. that yeah, I think. It, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so that's the the World Cup rumors. We have one more silly one, but we get to that at the very end, I think. Um, can we talk about Stuttgart and mm. all the stuff that's going on there? Um, because I feel like that's an entire topic with subcategories. Mm. Um, the big one right now, it looks like Bruno Labbadia is taking over there as a sporting director and head coach. Um, mm in some capacity you get a get a hear sigh Stefan when are German teams going to stop recycling head coaches I have no idea I'm tra- I was just checking his um, Wikipedia page there to see 
how many times this will be him at Stuttgart. I keep confusing his time at Stuttgart with Hamburg because he's now had twice. Two, this will be a second stint at Stuttgart following two stints at Hamburg. Um, you know, so um, not to mention, a, 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 you know, Leverkusen, Wolfsburg, Hertha Berlin, etc., etc. He's a decent head coach uh, at the Bundesliga level, but. I don't know. I just saw this and I kind of tweeted out saying something like, you know, Bundesliga clubs love to hire the same old head coaches, but when they're feeling risky, they sometimes make them sporting directors. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's it's just that kind of same old nonsense, isn't it? It's just, it's just I don't know. I, I, if I was a Stuttgart fan, I'd probably be pulling my hair out right now because not only losing players, mm. but it looks like they're losing managers and sporting directors. And, you know, the other side of the story is obviously Sven Mislintat potentially moving to Liverpool which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But yeah, Bruno Labbadia stepping in as sporting director is just the most uninspiring appointment I could possibly think of. Stuttgart are a weird club. Um, I just spent a week with them in the US. <laughs> and I, I see they're hiring some people who are trying to improve the image of the club. Um, I, didn't, I did a story on that for Forbes, right? But I think mm. on the sporting side of things, they haven't really gotten to the point yet where, uh, where where they where they really so they, they're trying to work on the image. They brought in Mercedes as a as a partner, right, uh, mm. as a minority stakeholder, which is like a construct that you see more often. They're trying to improve the image in the United States. They're trying to like grow as a club. Um, they have brought in Philip Lahm and Sami Kandira as like members of the board, um, which is something that you know hasn't maybe been reported enough. So they bring in all these guys, but how do you get all these smart decision makers into the club? And the conclusion is, we need Bruno Labbadia. And this is no dig on Bruno Labbadia because I think the last time he was in a Bundesliga job was with Wolfsburg, where he actually did quite well. But mm. why? Like, why? You have all these other guys at the club. Why, why is not Philip Lahm maybe taking a bigger role? Why is not Sami Kadira taking a bigger role? Why are you not in bringing in, if you want to grow the club and modernize the club, and you just spend a week in the US where you saw mm -hmm. how modern clubs operate, right? And your conclusion is, we'll bring in a guy that's done it all before. That's, I, I find that very weird. I just don't understand it. It just comes across as jobs for the boys, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, you'd see that a lot in football, don't get me wrong, from the very lowest to the very highest level where ex-players or former head coaches, they get a job at a club because they've not got much going on and, you know, someone wants to do them a favour. So it happens quite a lot in football because it's just that kind of nature of an industry where people obviously form close ties with each other. They form close kind mm. of groups of people and uh, teammates and former managers and whatever else not to mention the fact that sometimes it's good PR to have someone like Sammy yeah. Khedira come in because he's obviously a, a former international player he's a player with a huge degree of respect in Germany so it makes a lot of sense for him for, for Stuttgart to say hey we're bringing him on board so it's a good degree of pedigree but Labadia just doesn't really <laughs> I just don't feel like he kind of hits those same high notes to be honest with you um, especially mm. when we consider what might be about to happen in terms of the guy moving on before he comes in. Yeah. Sven Mislintat potentially going to Liverpool. Um, Florian Plettenberg reported that and he's very re reliable. He's also said that, you know, that 
he can envision doing the move and Liverpool are interested. This is not a Sven Mislintat is going for sure 100% kind of thing. Um, mm. What I think is really interesting about that, um, Sven Mislintat had a stint at Arsenal that didn't necessarily go very well um, during a very tricky time at the club, in all fairness. I actually think there's been a lot of things at Stuttgart that have not gone well. But he's also had has this ability to find players, um, sign them and move them on with a transfer profit for the most part, mm. right? Um, he's the guy who found uh, Nicolas Gonzalez that they sold for money. He was the guy who found Kalajic. He found Borna Sosa. Um, just someone top. Thiago Thomas is probably the next one. You know, he mm. has a really good eye for, for young players and has this ability to spot players and see the the market value trajectory um and i think this is probably why liverpool are interested because they see a guy who, who could possibly do a job with a manager in Jurgen Klopp who he has worked for in the past at Borussia Dortmund so mm. i can understand the link um what i found really interesting because i did speak to Sven Mislintat a bit in in Austin um and he actually wanted to stay. The problem at Stuttgart is, which gets us back to the the problematic nature of German football teams, is the way that they run, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I made this joke to you in our WhatsApp chat that um, Stuttgart has changed their board or their directors more often than the conservatives, their leadership. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's, that's, not, that's not a good thing. It's because like, you have this um, convoluted system where you have members voting for the board but you also mm-hmm. have a big stakeholder, Mercedes, and you have all these different political groups that come with these. <coughs> and this is one of the biggest, biggest problems of German football, I think, is that these large membership clubs, um, and in some cases with hundreds, hundreds and thousands of members, um, they all have these different political groupings. And these different political groupings do not even just include the soccer club, because like a lot of the times they have other sporting entities. In, within mm. this club, like I give you an example, my club 1860. Traditionally, the tennis board, which is like the members of the tennis team, that's also part of 1860. They traditionally just out of out of spite vote against anything the soccer team decides, right? <laughs> just because as a block, they just vote against it. And yeah. those are the kind of politics that you deal with in in that kind of structure. So you, if you are a volatile club like Stuttgart is, um, then that is really problematic and it's one of those examples where fan ownership or membership can really torpedo your stability of a team because every Stuttgart is crying out to be one of those successful teams right they have Mercedes Mm. as a backbone they have some good decision makers they have good former players Um, they're in a very rich city in one of the richest areas of Germany like in fact Mm. they like they have all the stuff that Munich has but you know the, the, the way decisions are made just doesn't help them. And I think when you when you talk to Sven Mislintat, you really got the sense that he was almost between two grindstones of political forces. And if you are someone who's trying to reform a club in German football, it becomes almost impossible because of those structures. So I think he'd be happily just throwing his hands in the air. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm off to Liverpool where I can just work with a guy who's who understands that there's no there's there's fan groupings and all that, but they can't make daily decisions. I, I understand it. I get it mm. because it's like really really difficult in in some instances to reform these teams. 
Yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, the only thing I would kind of push back on that is that, you know, I've, I've had a few Liverpool fans reach out to me and ask about this question. And, you know, they're obviously very curious to know what kind of a, his success in German football is. Mm. And I'm kind of inclined to say that his record as a scout really speaks for itself. You know, whether that be at Dortmund or Stuttgart or potentially even at Arsenal, the, the brief period of time he was there. Um, and, you know, I think that would be something that would be very helpful to Liverpool in terms of the recruitment department. The only thing that kind of concerns me if I was a, I was a Liverpool fan is that um, specifically at, at Stuttgart, uh, he's done a very good job of bringing players in the door, but he's actually, I think he's actually had a pretty poor record at selling them at the right time. Uh, you know, we can talk about Kladzic and how he probably should have been sold the season before. Uh, there's Silas, who at one point was a huge talent in German football. He's kind of, I mean, he, he might bounce back. He's still a young player, but his stock's kind of fallen. Um, Berna Sosa's one that, you know, is picking up a lot of attention right now. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it, he picks up a lot of attention all the time and it doesn't seem as though Stuttgart really know how to sell him. Um, and my concern as well is if I was a Liverpool fan is I'd be looking at the way that Stuttgart sell players but I'd also be looking at the way they don't really seem to have a plan B in place before they do sell you know now that might not be Mislintat's fault you know you know, maybe there's other people in charge at the club mm. for signing the checks to buy players and obviously Stuttgart are a team who are in a very volatile situation, the Bundesliga, in the sense that, you know, they're usually fighting relegation or the bottom half of the table. So they don't really have the comfort um, and the stability to plan out the next three or four or five years, like maybe a Dortmund or a Leverkusen and RB Leipzig would. But that's just something that concerns me. And I'm not saying he he can't do that job. I'm just saying he hasn't shown any experience in doing that job just yet. So, where he might be decent at scouting and finding young players at Liverpool, I'm not quite sure he's shown that he's capable of building an overall squad just yet. Um, another thing that kind of concerns me about him as well is that this is now the third club in which he's gone to work at and it's all ended up as a flaming dumpster fire. <laughs> you know, like not the clubs themselves, but like the relationships that he's had with those clubs in the sense that he obviously left Dortmund quite dramatically, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah, of Thomas, Tuchel, Thomas yep. Tuchel. Uh, he went to Arsenal with a huge amount of promise and a huge scope of ideas that he wanted to do with that club. And for one reason or another, it all fell apart. I can't remember um, if that was down to Mertesacker or, or Edu coming in and you know just kind of stepping on his toes. But he obviously basically quit and decided to leave Arsenal because of what happened there. And we're now in a situation at Stuttgart where... The people above him are kind of coming and going and he doesn't know where he stands, so he wants to jump ship. And not only that, but if you actually look at the situation at Liverpool right now in regards to the fact that, you know, putting aside Jurgen Klopp's future to one side, which we can probably assume is fine for now, the Liverpool are looking to sell. The owners of the club are looking to sell. We don't know what type of owner are going mm. to come in there. But there's also a lot of talk about the fact that Liverpool's just about the entire recruitment team are actually about to move on as well. Uh, there's Edwards, sporting director, technical director. I think there's at least, at least three of them uh, who are expected to leave uh, in the coming months. And those are guys mm-hmm. that Tat would probably be asked to replace or at least try and compensate for the departure. Um, and it, and it's just, it just doesn't strike me as a very stable club at the moment for someone like him to move into. 
on top of the fact that over the course of the last five or six years, he's shown himself to be quite to, to at least struggle with clubs that do have that lack of stability. So yeah. he could go there. He could do a great job. He could be a fantastic uh, tool for them to bring in exciting young players more often than not. But I'm just a little skeptical about the idea of him being Liverpool's technical director or sporting director and it working out flawlessly. Yeah. And I mean, he might look at it too and say, okay, this is this is too crazy of a situation. I, I think we're not even sure yet 100% that Klopp is going to stay, um, right, with everything that's going on. Um, I mean, there could be an opening soon in Germany that might interest Jurgen Klopp. Um, so we never know. Um, I guess the final Stuttgart point then is Borna Sosa. Um, Borna Sosa looks like, I mean... <laughs> There's so much talk about him leaving. Um, and Inter Milan is now a team that's really heavily interested. Um, I, I I saw that and I also saw that they're also interested in Anthony Robinson, uh, the Fulham, Fulham Americans, American player playing for Fulham. Sorry. Um, I, you ever wonder, is Buenos Aires actually ever going to get sold by Stuttgart? <laughs> because like you just mentioned it right it's it's one of those things it's kind of like Kalajic when they finally did sell him um, they did finally end up selling him but it took almost forever hmm. yeah I, I I don't know to be honest with you I, 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 I completely agree with you in that regard in terms of whenever I do see these Borna Sosa rumours I do kind of I take them with a pinch of salt I guess is the expression yeah. you, you want to add here um, he's been linked to a number of Premier League sides as well and it's just something that I, I, I'm not sure how much weight we can add to this you know obviously Inter Milan already have you know a German international and Robin Gosens and uh, if I'm not mistaken yeah he's still there isn't he um, now he moved from Atlanta and mm-hmm. he had a big injury so we're waiting to see what happens with him but I don't know I, I, I honestly I can't really add too much to this I'm not I couldn't tell you if it's going to happen I couldn't tell you if it's not going to happen because yeah. Borna Sosa just seems to be one of these players that just attracts so much attention. I don't know if it's because of his nationality. I don't know if it's because of the position he plays. I don't know if it's because people just look up the assist charts in the Bundesliga and he's always there. And they're like, oh my God, who's this kid? Who's, you know, the next David Beckham, as he likes to refer to himself as. He like he kind of likes to, uh, I guess, him constantly mm-hmm. saying how he, he, he uh, models himself on David Beckham in terms of his crossing. That doesn't... That certainly doesn't hurt in terms of the PR, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just yeah. it's just one of these weird ones that just does not die. Uh, and if he does go to Inter Milan, fair enough. You know, fair enough. I'm not suggesting he, he won't, but at least it will bring a finally bring an end to these transfer sagas with with regards to Borna Sosa. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, that sums up all the Stuttgart stories. Um, we have one more. So um, this is all based on Jaden Sancho deleting his Instagram, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> yeah, a, re- a, a really stupid transfer uh, oh, in the Ruhr 24, uh, you know, a kind, of, kind of local newspaper slash news website, I guess, uh, in mm. uh, North Wales fan. Uh, um, 
next to Dortmund. Sorry, I can't speak to the honestly, but it's Friday night. I've been working all day, and I'm, I'm honestly, fuck, I can't even pronounce bloody <laughs> German states right now. Anyway, they wrote a story about how he deleted it as his Instagram account, uh, deleted all his Man United photos, and uh, <laughs> I've just read out some of the, the text from it because it's quite funny. Um, He's uh, the exact reason remains uncertain. A few days ago, Sancho suddenly activated his account again. The winger has not posted his own post since then, but his profile now provides a new mysterious detail. In the links section, he left two images. Both are from his time at Beva B. One shows him celebrating a goal together with Dortmund captain Marco Royce. The other shows him with the team in front of celebrate. Uh, uh, team in front of celebrating for the South Stand. So. Obviously, you know, these guys have just decided to kind of take two plus two equals five and suggest that the reason that Jaden Sancho has deleted all his Instagram posts is because he's ready to leave Man United and he's longing for a return to Borussia Dortmund. Now, I think we can both happily say that this isn't going to happen anytime soon. Uh, it's certainly not a concrete transfer story. However... It is fun mm. to speculate, and we were talking about how we should poke fun at this, but then we also said, you know, there's also the discussion about whether Jane Sancho should return to Borussia Dortmund, uh, and I don't think it's actually that much of a bad idea. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Oh, I, 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 I was just saying, uh, I don't think it's a bad idea, and I was just going to let you jump in there and uh, <laughs> give your thoughts on the matter. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I think, okay, so I, I, I've been thinking about this for a bit because Dortmund likes to bring back players, right? Uh, remember the whole free Shinji Kagawa thing? Um, inst- <laughs> oh, he's also came back from Man United. Um, yeah, Shahin. Nuri Shaheen who came back. Yeah, he also came back. Um, I mean, I think we can all agree that Jaden Sancho is a wonderful player who, who decided to go to the wrong club. Um, this happens. It was Jaden Sancho's desire to go to Man United. This is on him. Um, Borussia Dortmund received a lot of money to, for Jaden Sancho. I think it was uh, 85 million euros in the end, right? Mm. And surprise, surprise, it didn't work out. I mean, no one saw this coming. <laughs> that, you know, going from Borussia Dortmund, where he was the biggest star, uh, had played in a system that was completely tailored for him, Um going to a club that has been a dumpster fire ever since Ferguson left, which has mm. now been, what, nine years? Surprise, surprise, it didn't work out, just like it didn't for Jinji Kagawa. Um, we were hugely shocked by this development. Maybe young players should be smarter about their career choices. Um, so, yeah, here we are. I see this all the time. And you see it with so many players in the Bundesliga who have made this decision to instantly leave the clubs after one or two good years, right? When they're still in their early 20s, sometimes even in their teens still, to go to another club, another environment. And um, I'm, I'm 
saying here, not better environment or better club, another club in another environment, when really they are not at the right age or maturity to do that. And mm. I think this is a great example of it. Uh, I think Jason Sancho um, would have benefited from being at Borussia Dortmund probably to his mid-20s when he's fully mm. mature, a great player, fully established, has played 100, 200 games in the Bundesliga, racked up a certain amount of points and assists, uh, goals and assists, and um, then made the move to another club having a full body of work. And mm. you see this all the time. You saw, we, we, we had this discussion about Kai Havertz uh, last week, right? Same thing. Timo Werner, same thing. You see it all the time. And I almost wonder if you need some sort of protective mechanism in, in, in European football where this is just not possible. You know, in 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 the NHL, the the, the league that I watch, um, hockey, right? Um, I think the NBA and the NFL do something similar. You, the players actually have a protection, have, have the right. Um, there's a certain amount of years that a player has to stay with the first club that they sign a professional contract with, mm-hmm. um, and you know the clubs that are then protected. We don't have that mechanism in soccer at all, but. You almost wonder if that's a necessary thing to kind of actually guard players and the agents of those players from themselves. And should Jaden Sancho come back to Borussia Dortmund? I don't know. Like, I'm curious what you you think here. But times have changed, and how much is how much is this going to cost? And is this going to be some? We are completely speculating here. But could Borussia Dortmund even finance a transfer like that? That's the other mm. question, right? Like, I mean, at best, you would loan the guy for a year and then you would send him back with the exact same issues. The exact same issues would still exist that this is not a good environment for him. And um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm of two minds here. I think I would love to see Jaden Sancho back in the Bundesliga. I, th- I wish he hadn't left when he did. But I almost mm. think that Borussia Dortmund would be quite smart to... Um, in going on the basis of previous rescue missions, um, and that's what Kagawa and Sahin was, mm. it didn't always work out perfectly. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting one. I mean, I've kind of looked extensively at why Jaden Sancho hasn't worked out at Man United. And the long story short, I found was mm. that when he was when he was in form for Dortmund, he was basically a playmaker. Uh, you know, he was the guy who started the moves for yeah. them, whether it be a quick one-two on the wing or you beat a man and kind of swing a ball in, or even just kind of playing off the last man, actually, and, you know, playing off Marco Royce or something. He was always the player who demanded the ball. He demanded to hog the ball, uh, and that really meant that, um, you know, he was always really influential in how the play started, how Dortmund attacked opposing teams, uh, and that's just not happened at Manchester United. He's basically be- gone from being a big fish in a small pond to being a big, big fish in an even bigger pond, and what that means is that Man United, he's he's just not getting as much of the ball. He, his actual finishing and his goal scoring at Man United is actually quite comparable to what he did at Dortmund. It's just that he's kind of really off the ball, uh, you know, quite isolated. And I think a lot of it can be put down to the fact that Man United have a player like Bruno Fernandes at number 10, who really demands the ball a lot and isn't so much, even though he's a great number 10 and, you know, he's probably one of my United's better players, he's not really like the kind of player who sets up other players. He's more likely to kind of go for the goal himself. So 
that's really why I don't think he has worked out at Man United. I don't think it's because he's too slow or because of the Bundesliga attacks or anything like that. It's just the fact that he hasn't been used at Man United yeah. the way he was used at Dortmund, which, as you said, is often what happens when these players move from Germany to England. The, these clubs and these managers just don't do their due diligence. Um, interestingly enough, I actually think him moving back to Dortmund would actually be quite a smart move because you have uh, at Dortmund at the moment a situation where uh, the club don't really have any outstanding wide players. You know, they've obviously got Daniel Malin. Uh, they've obviously got uh, Adeyemi. Uh, Gio Reyna's there as well. But for one reason or another, mm. these players just aren't actually that reliable at the minute. Daniel Malin's very hot and cold. Adeyemi just hasn't got going at all. And obviously, Gio Reyna's had some injury concerns. Um, you can maybe add Marco Royce to that, but it's more of a number 10, uh, I, th- I would say. So... I'll be honest with you. I think I think if Jaden Sancho's people were to reach out to Dortmund and say, "Look, I'm interested in moving back here for you know we we, do, we sort some sort of loan deal out where I'm here for two years on loan, and over the course of that period, you and Man United hammer out some sort of deal where Man United pay thirty percent of my wage or something, and Dortmund sign him back for forty million euros or something, that gives Dortmund the opportunity to move on someone like Daniel Malin." Maybe it's a bit yeah. harsh to kind of call call it quits at Yemi just yet, but um, I don't know. I think I think there's actually plenty of space in this Dortmund team, and I'd actually go so far as to say they're actually crying out for a good winger uh, in that team. So I think it'd be a great re-signing for Dortmund, and I think it also obviously do his career the world of good as well, not just in terms of getting goals and assists, getting game time, but you know obviously he thinks long and hard about representing England and. As things stand, mm. he's not going to do that at Manchester United. And it remains unlikely or unclear whether another Premier League side would be willing to take a chance on him just yet because he'd obviously demand so much money uh, in terms of wages and a transfer fee. So maybe a move back to Dortmund does make a lot of sense. I think it's interesting that his Instagram... I mean, there is obviously something there. Where this smoke there is fire. I don't think that transfer is imminent, but I do think it's interesting that this is what he's decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's crying out for help, I think, right? Um, it's obviously not at the World Cup. I don't know what Man United are doing in this break, and um, it's it is it seems a little bit like here's a player who is obviously looking for a way out. That's how I interpret this reaction. Um, mm. whether he's going to get it with Borussia Dortmund I think that is still in the realm of complete speculation but I do think this is this is a player asking for help yeah I guess you just have to wait and see whether Dortmund are the team that can help him <laughs> yeah 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 we'll see it's interesting nonetheless um, I think that pretty much sums it all up I think do we have any final thoughts on anything that we discussed today Stefan um, uh, no I think we covered a, I think we covered a long a large uh, chunk of it uh, there's some obviously there's some bigger stories yeah. going about like you know Jude Bellingham to Dort to Liverpool or Marcus Turam to Bayern and but we have covered those stories on previous episodes so if you're interested in what we think on that it's worth going back to previous kind of transfer roundup shows mm-hmm. and you will find them there and we have a YouTube channel. I want to point that out. You can find us on YouTube now. Um, obviously, the Substack. Sign up. You get the full Germany roundup experience there. 
Um, and yeah, we'll be back on Monday. I think uh, Monday's show is probably going to be a little bit more on, on Germany and what's next. And now that we when we have more of better understanding of what's actually going to be next um, um, by Monday, because like the dust needs to settle here a little bit. But uh, we'll be back on Monday with another show. Until then, this show has, as always, has been brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.